Um, are y'all ready? Oh, yep. I'm Give me ready. One second. This will be worth it. Give me one second. What do, What does ready mean? What do I need to do here? <clears throat> you. you... Welcome, everybody, to the newest podcast on the Multimedia Men Podcast Network, Too Legitimate. Oh, my God. It's the very last day of February. We have a very wonderful episode. I'm Brian Kluger, and I'm joined by the host with the most, the Superman to my Batman, the Robin to my Nightwing, Wide Davis. How are you? I'm doing great, man. What a pleasure. Hell of an intro, sir. I mean, I'm the Robin, though. That's what we're saying? Well, if I'm Nightwing and you're Robin, I'll be Robin. I like Robin. I like red tights and shit. <laughs> it's Beautiful. Good. Well, we're both Robin. We're dueling Robins now. Let's yes, do we're du- we're dueling Robins on Two Legitimate. We're on iTunes and Spotify, Amazon, all of the uh, audio elements that you can listen to us. But we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about our main event today is the Snyder Cut, the Justice League movie that we've been that fans have been clamoring for for couple of years now and it's years. finally happening yeah years and we had to wade and i have talked about this before but we had to bring on some i'm gonna say experts on Zack snyder and the dcu <laughs> um so first i've got to introduce the the smoothest the smoothest the sexiest voice on twitch a, a, a legendary voice actor, Adrian Charlie, up in Canada. He has joined us. How are you? Hey, Brian. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm doing really well. Um, and yeah, I'm a Snyder fanboy to the to the max. So uh, I'm. When you asked me to do this, I was like, Hell yeah, sign me up, dude. <laughs> I'll talk <laughs> anything Snyder, and especially the Snyder cut and. Uh, I'm an unapologetic uh, fanboy, DC fanboy, but but not one of the toxic kind. I just I just enjoy movies, man. I do too, and I know Wade and I have enjoyed movies with you at festivals and stuff like that. So I'm just gl- glad you're here to talk about the Snyder Cut. And our can I other- tell you one thing though, real fast, Brian? You were yeah. kidding with the smoothest voice on Twitch. Did you hear how silky that was? <laughs> hmm. It it is. I don't know where he gets it because I I feel I haven't told Adrian this yet, but I secretly record his Twitch stream so I can listen to them while I fall asleep. <laughs> I would I would love to do an ASMR with him. I'm just afraid I'd be too aroused to actually get some sleep. <laughs> you know, it, it you wouldn't be the first one to do that, Brian. I think a, a lot of people have done that before and and Wade, you you also wouldn't be the first to get aroused while listening to me stream uh <laughs> <Head> by daylight. <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> It's good. It's good. And you can find Adrian. Um, it's Is it The Crow Show? Yeah, The Crow Show. Yes. Yeah. On Twitch. C-R-O-S-H-O-W. Crow Show. That's right. It's good Thanks, stuff. Wait, not to be outdone, we have another guest. 
That's true. We do have another guest from Austin, Texas, another fantastic film fester. Um, this man is diehard Zack Snyder and diehard James Bond put together, loves <laughs> films. Dan Moran, how are you? I'm doing great. I am excited to be here because uh, it's pretty rare that I feel like all we do is talk about the Snyder Cut. And so now we're going to put it, we're going to put our thoughts to the recording studio and they're going to be out there forever. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Right, right. And so Dan, you know, Dan and I do a show on the network, the podcast network called Fear and Loathing in Cinema, and where we talk about like really weird, strange movies and we revisit them. Uh, and, you know, Dan and I, I'll just receive texts from Dan at all hours of the night and day talking about Zack Snyder or James Bond. And it's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do when you see it, when you see a screenshot come across your, your news, your movie news, and it's something weird Jason Momoa is doing, you've got to send it out immediately. It's, it's <laughs> internet law and I just follow it to a T. It, it is internet law. Like, especially with this Snyder cut, it's become its own like beast of, uh, talking points and for that reason Wade and I had to have Adrian and Dan on this show because it'll it'll give Wade and I some perspective because even though we're all we've all written film reviews before we've all been to film festivals before um I think having I'm gonna say experts Adrian and Dan on this is going to be super great uh Wade do you agree Absolutely. You know, I think that it's going to be because I, I want to tell the story about how this even came up. But first, I think we need to kind of talk about what is a Snyder Cut? Why is this even a thing right now? Why are we talking about Snyder Cut? Because we all saw Justice League a few years ago, right? Right. So, you know, the original Justice League film was released in 2017, you know, right before Thanksgiving. And it was being done by Zack Snyder and then some unfortunate accidents happened and Joss Whedon took over and we got a two hour, 120 minute Justice League movie. Uh, it was made for $300 million and it just kind of doubled that one, which probably not a great uh, financially wise uh, for that type of movie, but it just was panned by critics and people didn't like it. And then- Did you like it, Brian? No, not really. There was there was little flashes of elements that I enjoyed to of it, uh, mostly being like the maybe back and forth dialogue between some of the heroes here and there. But otherwise, I did not enjoy it. I thought it bordered on unwatchable. It was, it was to the point where I was just so I got I, I I got mad at the movie. I was like, "You are making me mad, movie. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna stick with you because I want to see if you can make it up to me at the end." It didn't, by the way. <laughs> the way that i've described it is it's an objectively bad movie with subjectively fun parts like there's little pieces in there where i'm like i like that little piece i like that but when you hear about how it was made i have to change my review or my feelings about it because that vanity fair article or variety just came out last week brian i think i sent over to you about what happened on the set of justice league and Zack Snyder's departure, and it sounds like DC and Warner Brothers had no clue what they were doing, and they decided to put that to film. 
And that's that's what happened. Well, well I, I think I, a lot of the fans agreed, right? So the whole fans agreed that like this wasn't the movie they thought because they started hearing rumors about Zack Snyder. This wasn't the vision that Zack Snyder had when he started directing this movie, right? Right. And, and then so, so what happened was there was that this movie was what it was, and it just kind of sat there. And then and then the fans, and that's where I'm looking at you two, just started clamoring and and yammering and hammering on the team to say we need the Snyder cut, right? I mean, really, what was it? Release the Snyder cut was a trending hashtag forever, right? Well, I think Adrian started that hashtag movement. <laughs> Anything he was saying was release the Snyder cut. No matter if he was talking about his dinner he had that night, hashtag release the Snyder cut. So, Adrian, you saw Justice League when it came out. Did you? Did you love it? Did you not like I- it? I, I liked it. I, I did enjoy it. I'm that guy. It's got like really dry humor. Like there's a callback line where Superman is like, uh, he goes to Batman. Like after they bring him back to life, he's like, tell me something. Do you bleed? And, it, it, you know, Batman said that to him and Batman v Superman. <laughs> and he beats him up. And at the end of the fight, after Superman takes off, uh, Batman's lying there like an old old dude all curled up and stuff and he's like oh something's definitely bleeding and it's just it's <laughs> i laugh every time i see that line it's just it's so dumb and funny and there's a lot of moments like that where in the theater i, I was the only person laughing during those moments and uh, i don't know i think me and me and zach snyder were just uh we're like on the same page i think that's the way it feels that's the way it feels so i guess since you like this justice snyder i mean i feel like for dan wade and i there's nowhere to go but up here but i feel like you're already at that top up level with the original movie so can it get better can it get better i you know when we came up with that kind of talking piece i was like you know i think it can uh, they're, they're going to be adding more to the story. We're going to get more of uh, Zack Snyder's uh, original image that he wanted for the movie. So uh, I'm really excited to see what what was missed the first time around. So my answer is, uh, hell yeah, it's going to get better. <laughs> a lot more. They're doubling the runtime. This went from a two-hour movie to a four-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> 240 minutes hell yeah more is better right i mean (laughs) (laughs) so they're adding five characters right oh is it five well they're adding just i mean pieces back in like the flash has a girlfriend now that whole thing was cut by whedon they're putting in martian man joker Green Lantern, the Joker, which has been already thing. So four. I'm sorry, they're putting in four more plot, more four more arcs, four more characters to keep track of. So two hours doesn't really seem like <laughs> like a lot. Um, I, the, when the rumors were that it was going to be a mini series, like originally they were saying it might be a six week mini series where each episode was going to be 45 minutes or something like that. I'm I'm honestly shocked that they trimmed it down just to four hours because I feel like everything you read about it. Zack Snyder had a lot of stuff out there and I'm surprised that Warner Brothers and HBO Max weren't like 
hey, drag this out for as long as you can. <laughs> Let's have a whole dinner scene. <laughs> right. So, so Wade, what do we know? What is like the best thing we know about this Snyder cut so far? Because a lot of elements have come to light even in the past couple days. But yeah. what do we know yeah. so far about, you know, this Snyder cut and how it's changed? Well, well, Dan, Dan brought up a really good point. There was a lot of talk for a while about there being a uh, miniseries thing, and that's kind of out the window now. Now it's going to be back to one four-hour movie with an intermission in the middle of it sort of thing. Um, with there, there's going to be, It's all going to be released at once, March 18th, 2021, on HBO Max. You know, I heard an interview with Snyder where he was still hoping that we could bring it back to IMAX. He shot this thing in one three three with the idea of being that he wanted it for the large screen format things and i'm just like oh god almighty it's like the whole the whole thing is already kind of panning up and ready to go for that um the there's another rumor too i, I want to touch on this a little bit later on but he wants there's going to be a second release of the snyder cut too so there's going to be the march 18th snyder cut and then he's going to re-edit the thing in black and white and call it some sort of Justice's Gray edition and then re-release that again later on. And it's just like, mm. and the reason that this came up with you and I, Brian, is I just said, you know, I love the fans. I love people that are passionate. And I'm not this passionate guy for this thing, but I get that because I am passionate about stupid shit. So I get that. The, the thing, though, is... What I what, what kind of brought up this conversation with you and I is I and I asked you this. I said, everybody's got such high hopes. What if it just stinks? I mean, because again, I thought the first one stunk, and it's just like, what if you just can't improve on it? It's like you know, you keep polishing and polishing, expecting the turd to turn to gold. And what if it's just bad? <laughs> I I mean, that's where I'm I'm at. I'm like, where I. Because even there's going to be two extra hours, it might just be the same movie. Even though they spent $70 million redoing this and adding things in, is it just visual effects? Are people going to have different costumes? Adrian, what do you think? Because in the Snyder interview, he said one of the big arcs that's added in here, because we touched on a whole bunch of plot points that are going to be flushed out here. And it's like, how do we fit all that into an extra two hours? And it's like, fair enough. But he said that one of the biggest changes is going to be you're going to get the cyborg backstory and get that fleshed out. And he's labeling cyborg to be the heart of the movie. And I'm like, will that make it better? Because <laughs> when I watch the first movie, I'm like, oh, man, if only I knew more about cyborg. What's, what's, what's that all about? You know, before we go any further, I just want to know, Wade, how much is Marvel paying you to say these things? <laughs> Look, fair enough, right? I get that. I don't, I don't think, you know, there is no, to me, there is no rivalry. You know, I'm not a fan of one versus another. And it's like, I don't care. I just want good storytelling. And the one thing that I think is pretty clear is that the Marvel, for all it's worth, I mean, they put, it's 23 movies is too many damn movies, in my opinion, to get that Infinity Saga nonsense. But, you got to admit that they carried a good through line and arc through the whole thing that the, the, the first Avengers movie where they had like six main characters and they still had like kind of the, the, the plot hold together in the movie and it made this coherent story and make sense. 
I was like, man, that's some talented writing. Even if you don't care about this crap, because like I don't like the Avengers. I thought the Avengers are as stupid as the Justice League. To be honest with you, when I was a kid, I was all X Men, X Men for <laughs> life. What? But <laughs> but that being said, um, you know, up to now, I, I mean, I would say that the DC universe has been managed rather clumsily. It doesn't seem like there's one person at the head kind of saying, this is where we are, this is where we're going to end up, and all you other directors, you have to kind of get in line, like, you know, like, I would have loved to Edgar Wright Ant-Man, but he got kicked out of there saying that he wasn't going the direction that, and and, and I get that, right, where it's like, it might have been an incredible movie, but it wouldn't have lined up with where the whole vision is, and therefore, I'm more concerned about the multi-billion dollar 23 movie story arc than any one individual cool thing. I mean, that's, but fair enough. So I'm waiting for my check, Marvel. Where's my check? But, but, but what Wade is saying is 100% correct in the sense that there's been postmortems on the DC universe up into the point where it's at now. And they've just, at, when they were trying to do this, there was no plan. There was no head honcho who was trying to get these things together. That's why you have Man mm-hmm. of Steel as the origin. You have Batman versus Superman. And then, which I personally thought was a fun mess, but kind of a mess. And then going into Justice League, you have Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad's first trailer comes out and they say, hey, that's dark. Let's recut it to be like Guardians of the Galaxy because people love Guardians of the Galaxy and they make it all musical and more colorful. Don't you remember that controversy? DC was very reactionary early on. And I think now they're finding their way where we're going to get the Batman. Apparently, it's going to have nothing to do with anything else going on. You've got the the Joker movie that came out. If they just want to give us little comic books, like, here's this issue of the Joker, and it doesn't have to connect to a larger universe, I'm all for that because I like Batman more than anybody that exists in the Marvel Universe right now. I love Batman, and Superman's awesome too. But if I'm going to go out and spend $45 for a date night in popcorn – I kind of want them to have some sort of, I, I want to go in knowing that it's well-made or there was something put into it. And what happened with the justice league where you read that interview with Zack Snyder before his daughter, the thing with his daughter tragically happened. He said he had babysitters. He had two executives who were on set with him, making sure the movie was staying on their track. And Joss Whedon was there to do punch-ups and watch dailies and things like that. And how can he make a movie or have a vision, because regardless of how you feel about Snyder, he has a vision, and he has an aesthetic. And But when you have three other people telling him what to do, no wonder the movie's a mess um, at the end of the day. Now, an enjoyable mess, that's debatable, but I'm with Wade on, if they put somebody in charge, they can make these characters incredible. And they just didn't have that early on, in my opinion. Adrian? Yeah, and, and piggybacking on on what Wade said, uh, for what we know so far, uh, apparently that we're go- going to get more of Cyborg's backstory. I thought they did a fine enough job in Justice League with Cyborg's backstory. Like, w- what else are they going to add? I'm not sure, but I'll definitely a be lot, there. Apparently, we got to have yeah. some more heart. Well, yeah. like, I mean, from because I went back and watched Justice League a couple weeks ago, <laughs> and oh, you know. Right. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to watch it again because I'm like, okay, what am I missing out here? What do, what do we have so I can go into the Snyder Cut knowing what's changed, what we're doing? And with Cyborg's, Cyborg's role in Justice League, 
we get a very small glimpse of his relationship with his father and maybe of something that might have happened to him, a quick flash of what happened to him and how he ended up today. So I wonder if we're going to get more backstory with his father and his family, what led up to the accident and why he is the way he is very dark, very brooding, very angry at the world and not because throughout the whole movie, his body, he, cause he's, he's dead, but his body is like doing things like I, I, I didn't know I can fly, but that just learned that today. And so I wonder if we'll see more of that and if it's going to be done in a dark and brooding way again, or if it's going to be done in kind of a comedic way. So but this is where I, Zack Snyder's an asshole, right? Because it's like, <laughs> let me get into oh, Whoa. Whoa. But let me get into <laughs> because I, I, I'm with you, right? And if your whole thing is daddy issues is your thing right where you could flush that out and then you could have bruce wayne and his unresolved thing with his dad dying too early then you could have superman with kal-el and clark kent you could have this whole fucking thing but he doesn't understand how to make a fucking story he doesn't it's like the thing it's Zack snyder is cotton candy and i love Zack snyder because to be fair he's not like michael bay or something you can just he makes beautiful movies this black and white cut it's gonna be gorgeous it's right. like when they did that Chrome version of Mad Max Fury Road. It's beautiful. And this is going to be beautiful. It's just leave the sound off. Because if you tried to follow the story, you're going to be annoyed. It's Wait. like, so, so it's like if he, you know, Zack Snyder is like a music video director that just made it to the big leagues. He kind of failed upwards. Because it's like if you left him to like little five minute clips, and it's just like, oh God, this is gorgeous. It's like, Go ahead, go ahead. Let me hear it. So wait, I, I want to dig in on you, Snyder boys. So wait, <laughs> wait. What you're saying is you don't want a six minute slow motion rain football montage of Cyborg. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's gonna be a pop song being played in slow motion as he scores a touchdown. I mean, there's six minutes of your runtime right there, and you don't want that. You don't want that. You're crazy. <laughs> Here, it, it's 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 just rehashing Sucker Punch, which is rehashing 300, which is just, you know, Adrian. And, you know, you know, we're also going to get uh, some kind of Leonard Cohen music as well to these slow-mo montages, which I'm really excited for, if you ask me. Did you see, did you see the thing that came out in the last 24 hours? He's oh, switching no. it up from Leonard Cohen and busting out some Tom Waits. Have you seen? Oh, the Tom Waits. No, I haven't seen that. No. Oh my God! It's it's gore. It's it's total Litter Coed vibe. It's the same goddamn nice. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what you're what you're touching on is you know you, you mentioned Michael Bay and I, I think it like I know it's kind of apples to oranges, but I think they come from like the same school of making movies. They like making big, dumb action movies, very flashy very high budget uh it's not always coherent <laughs> they definitely feel like uh spoiled brats playing with toys that uh, nobody else can afford <laughs> but i have more credit though because his stuff is beautiful michael bay is just big explosions yeah hey, more explosions means more eyeballs kids will love it yeah but it's like michael bay or i'm sorry Zack snyder has a style there is an artistic element to it. The cinematography, the, the 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 shots, they're so visually arresting at times and interesting. It's just the problem is 
that he doesn't use that talent to further the fucking story. It's just he uses that talent. Like there's a like normally like there's a good de- there's like cinematography language where like you know if you're constantly shooting in one direction or using a, ter- a certain light or color, it's thematic and it's intended to even if you don't recognize it like intellectually subconsciously you'll say okay when i see this color i know something crazy is about to happen or if i see kind of an upward facing shot i know that i'm this and it, but he doesn't do that he just he just he makes it gorgeous and makes it look exquisite it's just but there's no visual language per se other than pretty it's hard to argue otherwise on that he definitely does make <laughs> pretty looking movies and it, it would it would look like you know, Snowpiercer is probably one of the best examples of that visual language. You know, it's shot left to right, moving forward at all times. And you get um, the main character making choices. And he actually looks left and right when he has to make choices in the movie. Um, Zack Snyder, I- I'll admit, he knows nothing about stuff like that. But uh, again, uh, the the spoiled brat playing with very expensive toys there's something i admire about that that dumbness of his filmmaking and uh the biggest reason i I like his movies is like the action set pieces and if he can deliver some cool action set pieces which he does even in movies like sucker punch which i was not a big fan of sucker punch um the action was really cool I hate that I liked Sucker Punch's eventual so much. It's like, it's one of those where it's like, he's got my number. And it's like, that's what makes me, it's it's like being in a relationship I know I need to get out of because it's not going to be good for me in the long run. It's like, because I, I watch it, because I rewatched Sucker Punch recently where I was just like, is this clown? It's just like, and it's just like, I love watching it. And it's and it's all a bunch of little fetch quest video game nonsense. Let's go get the key and go get the map. And then I fight the big bad at the end. And we all know what it is and it's formulaic, but God damn it, if it's not just cool, not necessarily, you know, Oscar Isaac, you got Poe Dameron singing a lounge song. And I, I don't understand the whole, are they hookers or are they getting lobotomies or what the hell? I don't fully understand the story element of what he's doing there, but... But Sucker Punch is fun. I mean, you know, I can't deny that it's like, yeah, it's like you crank up that weird re-envisioned soundtrack and just, you know, where they take like a eurythmic song and then put a new angle on it. And then it's like, okay, yeah, I don't know, man. I want to, it's cotton candy. It's like, it's just so good when you're eating it. But then when you're done, it's just like, I don't feel full at all. It's just, I feel empty inside. Brian? yeah i know it's i like my relationship with you brian it's no it's true it's you got to get out of it but you still come back i'm loving it while i'm having a conversation and then when i'm done i'm like did i learn anything in this conversation (laughs) i so but like it's interesting because Zack snyder started out and kind of came to the forefront with the remake in 2003 of dawn of the dead written by james gunn you know that movie was great but that did not showcase really Zack Snyder's forte or style until a couple years later with 300. And with 300 come out, nobody had really seen anything stylistically or like that. And it was huge. It was talked about. And that kind of set Zack up for the rest of his career with 300. And 
after that, you know, we get the DC movies. We get, I mean, we had Sucker Punch, but we had, I mean, which is a comic as well. But with DC, you have, you know, the Watchmen, you have Man of Steel. And he kind of, if you had to put an overall person in charge of DC, kind of like uh, Kevin Feige from uh, Marvel, it would be Zack Snyder and maybe Nolan, I would imagine, who kind of oversee elements of all the DC stuff in some sort of way. And so with Marvel having the 23 movie continuation stories melding together, I think DC wanted to attempt that, but they wanted to be their own thing. And so you went from Man of Steel, you went to Batman v Superman, you did Shazam and stuff like that, but you did Justice League so early on, you know, with Wonder Woman as well in there. It just it didn't have the impact and with everything going on behind the scenes, you know, we've heard so many times where a filmmaker has, you know, people looking down on our every move. It didn't go as well as I thought it could be. Um, although there were some elements I still liked of it, even watching it, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it's uh, related to justice league. And I just want to know with, you know, the fans and everybody wanting to release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut. Most director's cuts, most filmmakers' cuts of movies are between two minutes longer and 30 minutes longer. Never have they been another two hours or received $70 million to recut a film, which is mind-blowing. So basically making another movie from justice league and adding it, where do we go from here? Like what, what are we going to get? We're going to get more backstories from everybody. We're going to get the, the cyborg story. Do we need it? Do we want to see this? Is it an Adrian to your point, when you say you like the big action set pieces, is there going to be an other action set piece or is it just going to be kind of, you know, prose and dialogue scenes that lead up to the action sequences that we see in Zack Snyder or in the original Justice League. Because $70 million, I mean, give that to any indie filmmaker and you will be able to make 15 huge, crazy action movies. But for this one to add an addition, I don't... I, what can be improved on here, Adrian? That's what I want to know. Cause I know you're, you're a fan. Yeah. I know you're into this. So what, I mean, what would you like to see here? Uh, well, one of the things I was curious about was more of Flash's backstory. And apparently we're going to be getting more of his backstory. Like they, they seem to set up his relationship with his father in justice league, but I felt, uh, I felt a little bit lost on that one. Um, didn't quite understand uh, what was happening there with his dad, other than he was in jail and he was seeking his approval and, you know, more daddy issue stuff. Um, yeah, I'd like to see a couple more action sequences. And one of the things that I'm not too familiar with is uh, Superman in a black suit. Uh, I know that's got a lot of people really, uh, really excited or really upset. <laughs> so. I don't really know much about that um, that whole backstory, so I'm I'm curious to see what they do with with more Superman story. Um, and well, yeah, I mean, more. Oh, go yeah, ahead. You can definitely sell more toys, so you got that going for you, which is sweet. But uh, Dan, is there something in the in the upcoming Snyder Cut that you're excited about seeing? 
I I kind of agree with Adrian. I want to see some more Flash because I know we're getting a Flash movie. That's mm-hmm. I think the only thing that we're for sure getting is a Flash movie. And they said Michael Keaton's going to be in it. Affleck's going to be in it. They're going to do. I think they call it Flashpoint, the different universes or timelines where we're going to see Batman. So that's awesome. Um, So I think they're going to have to, because our only introduction with him was him kind of being a wisecracking, you know, fast guy. He didn't do much in the Justice League and they're about to build a franchise around him of his own solo movies, which seems like a pretty big deal because as far as I know, that's the only confirmed thing that's coming out quickly i know there's an aquaman right. too but aquaman's proven it can be its own thing by itself we know flash is bringing bat men <laughs> into the into the fold so i think they have to give us lots more flash in that two hours to get people excited you, about flash uh, you, you you both raise a really good point and the thing was i've never been a huge dc fanboy right but I do love that CW Flash show and getting to learn more about Barry Allen and Grant Gustin's portrayal of Barry Allen in The Flash. I, I actually care a lot more about that character today than I ever did beforehand. Similar with The Avengers, because again, I didn't care about The Avengers at all. It's like, who gives a crap about Hawkeye? But goddamn if Feige didn't make me care about Hawkeye for a minute, you know? And it's like, same thing with Flash. It's like, Flash, I like Flash more than Quicksilver right and who's an x-men you know and all that kind of thing. and it's because they did a really good job of fleshing out that and making it into a real character and so my complaint about Zack snyder things about character development that's what i'm actually most excited about with i'm going to watch the, the Zack snyder cut yeah i'm not going to go in there thinking that it's going to change my mind but i hope i'm wrong you know i mean i really want to be wrong on this because um, I, you know, it's like, I don't want to invest in another 20 movie cinematic universe. Bullshit. I just can't, I'm too old for this crap, but, you know, but, <laughs> but, but, but I, I want to care. I, I don't understand this whole black suit Superman and, and this whole other kind of whatever it is that they're, they're, they're trying to pull on some of this. Cause it's like, again, I think that if they just, because it Superman's hard to make me care because he's not there's no human core because if you're indestructible then how do you you know I mean it, it's a, it's like the very nature of being like that's what makes Batman great in my opinion he's just a dude in fact all of these are borderline gods except for Batman who's just some dude that just so happens to have great resources and it's like really really intelligent well they make that reference in the original justice league they make the joke the wink joke in justice league where i think flash asks him so what's your superpower and ben affleck looks over to him and goes i'm rich yeah and like that it's a a really funny moment like that i that's ben affleck understanding because i know out of i think everybody in Justice League, I think Ben Affleck's one of the only people that actually has written comic books and is an avid comic book fan. But I like that he put that in there because that, I mean, that's true. That's what everybody's been saying, right? Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I want from the movie or the thing I'm most interested in is the DC Universe film-wise, it has no path forward. We know there's all sorts of gestating projects that are all their own solo thing. And Zack Snyder came out, I think, yesterday and said that this movie ends on a giant cliffhanger. 
because his original plan was to film this. He wanted to do Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, Justice League, and then he wanted to film Justice League Two. He he has said before in interviews that he had a plan for for Justice League Two. I don't know if 200 million people stream this thing in o- worldwide opening weekend. Do does W the new people at WB and DC? I mean, we know Bat Batman wants to come back, so I, I almost call him Batfleck, and then Ben Man, but Ben <laughs> Affleck. We know he wants to come back and play. We know Gal Gadot wants to be Wonder Woman. Henry Cavill's trying to find a project. The actor who plays Cyborg won't be quiet about how bad he wants to play that role forever. I mean, so all these people want to be in it. Like, I want to know if this movie is successful via the streaming. Are they gonna is are they gonna give Zack Snyder two hundred million dollars to make Justice League two? Well, no, they need seventy it. million to remake a movie that's already made. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean that's that's a great point, and I want to tie this all together, right? It's like w- they invested a lot of money in this for something, right? So where are we going? Because I I think that for all you fans, you want to see it on IMAX or whatever, you're gonna. It's like at the end of the year, they're going to, because they got to get some of that cash back somewhere. It's not all going to be HBO Max subscriptions, but you know, when Dune is going to be out in the theater and on HBO Max, they're probably going to, and people are going back to the screens. I'm sure that this is going to be one of those tentpole type movies that AMC is going to be clamoring for to put out and a thing to try and draw people back out. But, but for, but for my Snyder fans, for my DC fans here, where does this go? Is this, is this the, tr- the, the again, we're getting the paddles out and trying to shock the dead DC Universe body back to life one more time and see if we can turn this shit show into a profitable thing? Is that where this is going? You know what? What I really want the most for this to, to be is for like a, a clean kind of refresh and getting DC back back on the the path that... You know, I, I think the the issue with DC, and I think we've talked about it a lot today, is just the fact that they were just trying to catch up to Marvel in terms of building like a big story and something for them all to to unite all the characters and get all the characters together and like a super Avengers type thing. Uh, but they did it the wrong way. So I'm really hoping that the Snyder cut and then the movies that, that follow will be just them taking a step back saying, okay, we, we tried something didn't quite work. Let's get it back on track. Let's do it the right way. Let's take the time we need to, to make it right. So that's what I want more than anything is just for them to get back on track. And I think they might be able to do that, you know, because if they're going to have this big, you know, cliffhanger at the end of Justice League during this. You know, there's nowhere to go. I mean, there, there's plenty of places they can go from here in the DC universe because they really haven't touched on a lot of it yet because DC is so vast that we've only kind of seen kind of like the very the bigger, the larger than life characters so far. So it will be interesting to see how it ends, how people take to it, you know, and because, I mean, it, it, people can be on the fence about it too, because it is a four hour movie. It is, 
you know, it, it, there's a lot, there's gonna be a lot to take in and unpack here, or it could be just like, I just watched the same movie, but with, you know, more back, more flashbacks, a la lost or something like that, you know, are they on the Island? Are they off the Island type of situation? So. And here's a, here's, here's the biggest, I guess, fear or why I think that they need this to be successful with the streaming numbers and maybe jump it over and let, Snyder do a sequel if all these people want to come back because flash the flashpoint or the flash movie with all the different universes doesn't come out for a while and this year we've got WandaVision going on right now Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness is coming up and Spider-Man 3 we are going to start to see Marvel start to dip into different universes different versions of characters and if DC does not have a plan and they're reactionary, now they may have announced that they're going to be doing their different universes, but the audiences and the general public is going to say, oh, this is like what happened in Doctor Strange. This is, a, And if they start trying to catch up with that again, they could find themselves in the same position. So I think I'm, hope, I'm hopeful that it's successful and they really stick to their plan with the Batman coming out next summer being its own thing. That sounds awesome, but but they're they're in quite a pickle because we're hitting we're hitting multiverses, baby, and it's not going to be DC introducing it to the Joe America. It's going to be through Marvel. So, that's right. exactly how I describe it to folks. I say, hey, Flashpoint. That's essentially just Spider Verse in in the DC realm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great way of putting. Which it. I, I want to see them all. I'm saying to make them financially successful and have two competing franchises. I want to be able to say, guess what? June first. But then why are they making Batman separate? Again, it's just like what the what the hell are they doing? It's like again, if you're wanting to build it, build it. And if you want to keep them individual little pockets, just do that. It's like that's the part I don't understand. I mean, but it, I, I, you guys, yeah. you yeah. guys, this was awesome. <laughs> I I've really enjoyed this conversation more than I can more than I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's good and i guess to to really just end on uh, end this little segment before we move on uh going from our first episode way too legitimate is there going to be a rated r justice league cut or is there going to keep it pg-13 it's going to be p it has to be because they need to make that money back they need to get that money and so you got to <laughs> keep this the pg-13 level to go make your imax release and then all the kids when they can go back to in the theater and buying popcorn and doing whatever. I mean, the only way you're going to make this work is doing that. I mean, they got Deathstroke coming in here too. You guys didn't mention that yet where it's like, yeah, it's like one of those where that's going to be a fun thing too, but that's kind of DC's Deadpool or Deadpool is as Marvel's version of Deathstroke is actually a more accurate way of defining it. But that being said, it's like I think that right now they got to stick with the PG thirteen and get that cage. Okay. Do do you, Adrian, Dan, do you want to see a rated R version of this? I don't know what that would look like, <laughs> to be honest. Like, uh, I, I fucking I, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Batman. <laughs> Something's fucking bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, do you want Batman to go kill people? Um, you know, I I don't mind that there was images of Batman killing people. It was a Batman v Superman, even though I think it was like a dream sequence. I remember people being really upset about that. 
Uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing a more violent version of Batman or even Superman, which we, we saw pieces of that in Batman v Superman. So sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why not? There you go. There you go. Not, not a great answer for our discussion or podcast about it, but I don't care. I'm going to watch it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's what I, I I'll I'll watch it if they want to put it on take my not. money, DC. Yeah, it's like if they if DC they say hey, we're gonna put out an, if they're we're, if they say we're gonna put out an R-rated version, I'll be like, oh okay, I'll watch it. I won't get excited, but I'll be like, that'll be fine. <laughs> so so you're gonna watch the HBO Max Snyder cut, then you're gonna watch the Justice's Grey cut, and then when they do the director special edition NC17 cut that's gonna show. Batflex ass. Yeah, I'm all in on that too, right? We're all just doing it. I just think if if I don't have to go anywhere, if they keep releasing versions of it on HBO Max, I will get around to watching all the versions of it. That's how it is. Uh, that's that's a that's a lot of hours put into the Snyder cut. I'm a, I'm a pig. Feed me my slot. That's why we're here. Give me content. <laughs> that's. I mean. I mean. That's. That's this show in a nutshell. That's too legitimate right there. Just, here, here's all the shit you can handle. We're just going to keep shoving it in. Just <laughs> shoveling it. Oh, that's good. The Snyder Cut, everyone. It comes out. Wait, when does it come out again? March 18th. March 18th. Very soon. Yeah, in a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, just a few weeks. Um, since we've that's had so much calendar. fun uh, with Dan and Adrian on here, we'd like them to join us for our other segments. Uh, so one of Either our other, they got to promise to come back again, no matter what, this is fun. We promise, gotta, we gotta promise, again. cross your heart. <laughs> oh yeah. Pinky, pinky swear. Pinky swears. Pinky swear. Pinky swear. <laughs> um, so Wait, that wasn't your pinky though. Oh no. Whoops. <laughs> oh, oh, we're, we're, we're in there. I like this. We're, we're all naked now. So, our next segment is pretty fun. Uh, I believe Wade came up with this. Wade, you want to set the stage for this next this next segment? Sure. I mean, and so do, are we sending off? Are you guys going to stick around for the show? You want to? I'm stick sticking around? around. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I'm here. Awesome. So I was talking to Brian because we're both music lovers. We love TV, film, all that stuff, but we also love music and just so happen to be pretty good collectors of vinyl. Like, again, just like anything else, Brian's a glutton and puts me to shame. But I have an okay vinyl record collection. And I asked Brian, I was like, you know, is there any, is there any records out there? Or, or let me put it the other way. Is there any albums you love where they didn't release it on vinyl? Because there's a real, you know, not only is just some stuff not released on vinyl for cost purposes and all that stuff. But there's a real gap in the early 90s when things were switching over to CDs that just stuff wasn't released on vinyl in general. And so I was asking Brian, I was like, is there any, is there any sort of albums that you wish were on vinyl that aren't currently? And it's like, if we had some access, like for right now, if somebody's listening, it just so happens to be a, a producer of vinyl records that we could throw out some suggestions to them on, Hey, what's something you can make on vinyl? No, I like that. I, yeah, if Varez, Saraband, or Milan, are you listening? I know Milan listening. Please take heed. <laughs> so, um, Adrian, uh, or do, 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 should, wait, do you do we want us to go first? Well, I'll, I'll start. I'll start it out. You know, I got a few 
but let me yeah. just throw one out there just to kind of give everybody kind of a flavor of of what I'm thinking here, where there's this one of my favorite albums of all time is this band called Rocco DeLuca and the Burden, and they 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 released an album called I Trust You to Kill Me. You smell like your own fire. Live like your last day. Drink like it's water. There's no tomorrow in you. And you got you've heard multiple tracks because it, it actually got real solid record or radio play with like colors. It's like you, um, there there was multiple tracks that actually you know if you heard it you'd be like oh yeah I, I've heard of that band. But for one reason or another, just again, with this timing of when that album came out, it just so happens that it was never released on vinyl. And that's one where if it was put out on vinyl, I would buy it tomorrow. I uh, I, I love that record so much. And it's just, it frustrates me. And every once in a while, I'll check uh, just Amazon or Discogs or whatever, just looking to see, did they ever release it? It's like every few months, I'd come back and check and they still haven't. But that's one that I wish they did, but didn't. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna have because I'm not over the top familiar with them, so I'm gonna have to go listen to them. Well, you, you definitely got to listen to it. But here, let me give you a more relevant example. Here's another one: Blues Traveler Four was never released on vinyl. Oh, once upon a midnight, what was something in my head? I couldn't escape the memory of a phone call and what you said. So that the blues, tra- the, the famous blues traveler, traveler album, the one that everybody knows, was never released on vinyl again because it was in that time frame that we're talking about where that transition occurred. Cool, Joe Popper forever. Like, okay, now I got to go look up the goddamn album because I didn't know I was going to get quizzed on it. <laughs> Be prepared. You're going to fire that back at you, son. What do you got coming out? All right, all right. Well, let's go to Dan first. Uh, Dan, uh, what, be what careful, about Dan. you? He's going to quiz you on anything you say, so just yeah, be prepared. I, I didn't know that, so go look him up. I'm not a, I'm not a big vinyl guy, so don't kick me off. Um, but I love movie soundtracks, and so I was looking through the movie soundtracks, and I talked with Brian a little bit, and Brian pointed out to me, so I kind of stole my answer, that the soundtrack to That Thing You Do is not on vinyl. Apparently that's a famous example and I completely stopped all my research and just stole that as my answer because based on the era that that movie takes place in, the fact that they didn't make vinyls of the soundtrack or the single or anything is insane to me. Insane. Here, that's, you, I mean, you bring up a great point, though, that I'm, I want to kind of touch on for half a second here. You're not into vinyl, and, and, I, and I appreciate that more than you know, Dan. So, so what – because it seems like you're a man of passion. You're oh. a man that digs in on nerd culture, and this, th- there's a lot of intersection. If we were to make a Venn diagram of vinyl and some of the other stuff that we're all talking about on all these other fronts, there's a lot of commingling there. So – so what about it? What never got you into the vinyl thing? Is it that you don't have a turntable and never had any interest? Uh, essentially, yeah. It's the yeah. setup, the the everything going into it. I'm just spoiled and lazy, and I have my phone. You know, I, you know what I mean? I think that's a great answer. And I want to yeah. come back to 
what got me into vinyl, but I want to finish out the conversation with everybody else. Yeah. But I want to circle back on that because I think that what you touch on is a great point. And half the, there are times where it's just like, I'm just going to ask Alexa. <laughs> I, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this. Exactly. Here, but, but so Adrian, what about you? Do you have it? Are you a vinyl collector? Uh, Do you listen? I, I'm actually not a vinyl collector. And uh, is there some sort of intersection of Snyder fans and say vinyl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it was just I, I don't have the gear for it, and uh, a big part of it too is the space. Like I'm, I'm living that apartment life, so I'd be scared of trying to find space for vinyls. It, it's something I've talked about with my wife, and we both really want to get into it. So maybe this is the jumping-off point. Uh, so for this for this topic, I had to do a bit of research because I was like, oh, man, I was trying to think of like albums and soundtracks that I loved from like the early 90s, stuff like Hackers or like Vanilla Ice. And I even looked up Batman v Superman and all of them are on final, which I was really surprised by that. Uh, I don't I think this is a Canadian thing, but uh, in the early to mid 90s there was um compilation cds called big shiny tunes um and they had like <laughs> my favorite one of all time it had like prodigy Blur, Smash Mouth, Sugar Ray, Marilyn Manson, Bush, Chemical Brothers, Radiohead, Stone Temple Pilots, all on one CD. And that was a really big deal back then because, you know, you'd get all this like all-star music on one CD where you didn't have to buy like 15 different CDs to get the the tracks you wanted. So it was a, and it was cool for cruising around. You just pop it in your, your dad's CD player while you're borrowing the car and cruising around with your friends thinking you're cool so uh, yeah the the big shiny tunes was the the one that i i thought of because it That's was just awesome. it's almost it's like, just a cool time capsule it's almost like a mixtape from a friend that has really cool taste in music oh it, it, that's totally what it was for sure and cd burners were really hard to come by back then so well in canada i mean but canada's 15 years behind everywhere (laughs) that's true i'm still trying to find one actually so i love you canada don't you think for a second i don't i feel like you just described jock jams but for like not jocks yeah it's pretty much the same thing but yeah it's a a very canadian thing i think the 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 big shiny tunes and if you talk to anybody that that is definitely not i mean now this is music and all those sort of hit albums i mean th- there was plenty of that going on in the u.s too so you know I'm, I'm totally on board with that and there's a whole separate subgenre of vinyl collectors that are anti-compilation album and anti-greatest hits albums that we could touch on too at some point because the purest man it's all about the original album and the artist intentions and man you know so we could <laughs> touch on that for sure at some point i'd love to ryan uh, yes so come out um, with your nonsense now i can already tell that this is going to be some major bullshit i'm just going to go on <laughs> it's going to be some i mean is there anything that's non-soundtrack right now let's just start there 
Yes, there there is there is uh, one thing that's non soundtrack. Well, let's maybe start. Two let's things? start with real albums. Okay. <laughs> I, okay. Like, I love all three of you mentioned soundtracks, and I am I have so many questions for all of you about that. At some point, I want to dig into. But Ryan, what's your non soundtrack? Uh, non soundtrack and. Say what you will, but this has never been released on vinyl, and I have been dying to have this on vinyl. Backstreet Boys, Backstreet's Back. I it it's not on vinyl at all. It's never been released. Their first album, self-titled Backstreet Boys, and then their like little one that they did right after that, Backstreet's Back, never been released on vinyl, ever. And all I want is to put that on my turntable and hear Backstreet's Back, all right, ding, ding, ding. And, ev- and everybody, everybody. No, I mean, yeah. You, you... Yeah, like, I mean, it's not on vinyl. And I want it on vinyl. <laughs> it shocks me that it's not on vinyl, but it only shocks me more that you want it on vinyl. Now, it's because you you feel like you're missing that in your life right now? Yes. Yes. I've what, got NSYNC. What, what I've got you, New Kids what, on the Block. What exactly on is the mood that you are in where you're like, I need me some Backstreet <laughs> I fucking wake up at 9 a.m. and I want to put that on while I'm making breakfast. Pumps me up. I'm amped. <laughs> That's the, it's like Backstreet's Back is the making eggs music. That's where you're going with this whole thing. <laughs> yes. Okay. Am I alone in here? Does not. Does, do you, would y'all not buy this album? I would not. Uh, that's I the one thing that that might get me into final collecting is if they release that. Oh, I love Adrian <laughs> so <Hell> much. Yeah. <laughs> Dan. Yeah, I mean, I think I have it on my iTunes. <laughs> but I don't yeah, have it. Right? Is Wade the only man out here that he Not he just... only that, I throw my record player out the fucking window if somebody <laughs> brought that into my house and said, "Hey, I let's think... <laughs> like you're walking in all happy go lucky holding up the Backstreet's back album. Like, wait, I got some fun Friday afternoon music, you know, let's let's have a cocktail and enjoy some records." I... I'm either throwing that record out the fucking window, or you out the window, or the record player out the window, but that shit is not getting played on my system. I am concerned or question when, what's the crossover, because we've talked about crossovers before, of people who own record players and love vinyl that are like, you know what I really need? Some boy bands. It's one. Well, no, I mean, well, one (laughs) with Backstreet Boys is one. No, I'm not totally, because, like, for example, I have the Justin Timberlake albums and stuff. Like, I have a few of them on there. And they're great. So I'm not knocking boy bands in general. But I'm just like, you know, to me, it's so substitutable. Like, it, you can get that sync album. I don't have any of that shit. But, if, but like, Brian, if you're starving for some Backstreet Back, could you just pop on some 96 Degrees or NSYNC? And it it's 98 Degrees. Thing? Yeah, well, okay, perfect. Good. <laughs> that was a test. You failed. <laughs> 90... <laughs> Oh, but I, I mean, I enjoy that. Like, I I like the boy band aspect, the nostalgia feel. That's why when I found like some of the new kids on the blocks albums, I immediately bought them. You know, I you wanted to be in a boy band. Why not? What do you mean, why not? 
Why not? That was everybody's dream back then. I'd like to dance. You are a good dancer. I, 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 for folks that don't know, Brian is an amazingly good dancer. It's like, <laughs> it, 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 and it's like, I want to shit on him because you know, that's what I do. That's my thing. That's our relationship. But this guy has hella great moves and I can't take one, one thing away from him on that front. Well, thank you. <laughs> so, but the rest of them are soundtracks. <laughs> so, so yeah, and, and and all three of you mentioned soundtrack. I want to hear a soundtrack reference, but I'm also curious because again, to me, there's two flavors or there's three flavors of soundtracks. The first flavor of soundtracks is pretty much the same thing that Adrian was touching on. It's like a compilation album where it's just like like Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack is that where it's just rad songs all kind of together in a good collection that has a good vibe and a through line. Then there's just um eclectic sort it can't hardly wait is another great soundtrack that i think of where it's just like it's kind of really good symbolic of that time yada yada then there's soundtracks that are just like you know more kind of unique songs that were kind of for a particular movie but they're all kind of artistry and that sort of thing and then there's score okay like like and brian you collect all three in fact you you listen to score more than anyone else i've ever met in my entire life it's like well you'll just put on like the jurassic park instrumental thing but it's like jurassic park it's like it'll at least be evocative of the movie but you'll put on some random shit that i've never even seen that movie and you're just like hey man check out the but you don't listen to like jazz or orchestra or any other instrumental stuff you just listen to these weird soundtrack scores I mean, I do listen to a lot of jazz, but I... Like, who, who's your favorite jazz artist? Thelonious Monk. Oh, shit. Never mind then. All right. Yeah. You're good. All right. No, no. Never mind. I'll take it all back. <laughs> but like, I've never heard... You've never come to me and said, let's listen to some jazz. So that, that's great. I didn't know that. No, I, I love jazz. I have I'm a pretty something. big jazz collection. But um, I there's something about scores that always puts me like I can sit down there and I can have, you know, my whiskey, I can have like candlelit and I can hear like even something like, you know, the score from the rock directed by Michael Bay. Like that's like just so epic and I can play that's chess the shit to that. I'm talking about right there. Yeah. You have the score from the rock on vinyl. No, I do not. I do not. That, that I do not, but I can, I have it on um, my like MP3 and I love listening to it like that. Ding, 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 ding. Don't ding, bother. Ding. I mean, nobody cares. It's all just tones. <laughs> but I mean, what do you, why would you listen to the score of the rock? Is I it, think, remember the movie in your head? No, but I like it. I like the way, like, it's like really suspenseful and I actually kind of like, either sipping whiskey to it or actually playing chess to it you like Uh, suspenseful whiskey yes (laughs) (laughs) all right what what are what are the soundtracks that you have that aren't released on vinyl i gotta i I love it okay so um one that's never been released uh is the amelie soundtrack um which is great piano driven music from jan tiernson Great movie, great soundtrack. Never been released, which is really weird. Um, also, one that has never been released, which I've always wanted. It's on CD, but much like Adrian said, 
um, to his uh, like all these like collection of songs. But there's one called there's an album called Toxic Tunes from Tromaville. And it's all like the original music from trauma movies all in like one place. And it's never been released on vinyl. And I really like would the like Sergeant it. Kabuki Man theme song is in there. Is that what we're yes. doing? Yes. Uh, and then also one that's never been released on vinyl. Uh, two of them. I'll give two more. Um, Robin Hood Men in Tights and the Royal Tenenbaums. Uh, both have never been released on vinyl. And I've been dying for those on vinyl. Because, I mean, for Robin Hood Men in Tights, I love the, the score of that because it's just really great. But also you'd get the Men in Tights song and like, <laughs> I'll say, hey, hey. And then with Royal Tenenbaums, man, that score and that, and the song cues are brilliant and it's never been released on vinyl. And I w- I've been hoping like at a record store day at some point it would, but it has not yet. I didn't know that Royal Tenenbaums. That seems right up the alley of Wes Anderson to release that soundtrack on vinyl. Um, yeah, you actually, say it's, with- it's, it's superfluous hipster nonsense. <laughs> it's like, are we going to have one podcast where we don't touch on Wes Anderson for a fucking second? But this is our second one and we touch... It's like, look, we'll, we'll touch on, we're going to have a whole Wes Anderson episode at some point because Wes Anderson chaps my ass. I'll watch 10 Zack Snyder movies before I'll watch a Wes Anderson movie. This guy, he makes me nuts, but we'll talk on that another day. But <laughs> I'm, coming, I'm coming back for that pod. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I wonder what Wes Anderson's vinyl collection looks like. He probably has like the best collection of all time, right? Really, it's all fucking uh, shit you haven't heard of. It's way too cool for you pedestrians to understand. It's like probably, a fucking little music box. He just fills up with fun little tunes. This is some <laughs> sort of weird French calliope music from 1864 that was cultivated, and then a one-armed violinist ended up reorchestrating it. It's just fuck you. you he know? actually, <laughs> he just actually collects old jukeboxes. That's what he has, a whole room yeah, of old he jukeboxes. jukeboxes. And he jukeboxes, he's, and he's not allowed to take any record out of the jukebox. Correct. And he just has a jukebox turntable that he'll spin around and then pick a jukebox. And <laughs> but here's the problem. Room. He's so hipster about it, he, you have to bring your own quarters. God damn it. You're exactly right. You that lost is- me at one-armed violinist. <laughs> that was great. Oh, my God. I mean... He probably has the entire collection of the Kinks, you know. I mean, that's his band for the most part. I don't know. Speaking I like, of the... a, you know, it's like one of those where another album that should be on vinyl that's not. It's like the Smiths singles wasn't released as a full vinyl like LP. They did do a box set of forty fives, which makes a ton of sense because it's singles, you know. And I get the irony of it. But my wife loves the Smiths. And I'd love to get her a birthday present of that album. They just don't make it, you know. Well, just email Morrissey. He's not doing anything. Well, he's probably moping about something, you know, just bitching about how his girlfriend left him and nobody likes him. Right. Um, And I guess I'll end this segment with uh, my Christmas album that's never been released on vinyl. Um, it is Tales from the Cryptmas. Tales from the Crypt. The Crypt Keeper made a Christmas album in the 90s, and it is fantastic. And it's never been released on vinyl. Part of a show that wants to end on Tales from the Cryptmas or whatever you're talking. That's embarrassing. 
I, I, I do. I li- I listened to that when I was young. I love. There's it. actually one copy of it, but Wes Anderson pressed it himself. <laughs> it's, a, it's in the jukebox. You so got to so a random spin to get. You to have it. to come, get a better pick, Brian, because he definitely has that. It exists. Oh, 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 well, well, dang it. Well, then, if I had to pick one, I guess it would be. Uh, oh my God, the rules of attraction, or, or actually, no, you, I take it back. Keeper singing all the the theme song from the Adams Family, and that's your fucking. I, I take it back. Captain EO, Michael Jackson's Captain EO, has never been released on vinyl. The entire uh soundtrack for that dude disney's gonna lock us down you keep pushing on that sort of thing (laughs) they have never been released that uh okay so that's the our our vinyl discussion um let's move on to our classic rewind where we choose a, a like a really way out weird strange movie that we want to tell you about last week was fantastic because Wade and I just love really weird movies. We uh, we mentioned Outer Space Astronauts. You can find that on YouTube. Please go find that out. It is so good. After uh, Wade mentioned it again, I went back and rewatched them. And my goodness, that needs a Blu-ray release. Uh, so in the same vein of that, we'd like to do the classic rewind again this week. And so we'll start with our guests this time. Uh, we'll start with Adrian. Adrian, um, what's your classic rewind pick? My classic rewind pick is a movie that I caught on a super channel, which is a movie channel here in Canada. Uh, one night I was, it was like a Saturday night. It was like two in the morning. I watched this movie called fear of a black hat. I don't know if anybody's seen it here, but uh, it's on Prime Video, uh, I believe, in the U.S. and Canada. It's a mockumentary that based on hip-hop from 1993. It actually came out a few months after CB4, and I think it played like some cool festivals and stuff, too. But it, it's, it's a lot like CB4, but it's superior in every possible way. Um, it features a scene where the DJ mixes music with his dick. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's really fucking funny. Uh, it's called Fear of a Black Hat. It is an absolute time capsule of the early 90s. And it kind of mocks like gangster rap and hip hop. And it has a lot of fun with it. it. It's super, super funny. Oh, I am all in on this movie. I've never heard of it. I want to watch this right now. Fear of a Black Hat. you were talking, it got put in my queue. So it is (laughs) all locked and loaded now. Hell yeah. Let me know what you guys think, like, immediately after you see it. Because for years, I couldn't find it. And um, I actually found an old copy my buddy ripped for me um, on, like, an old hard drive I had. And I watched some of it a little while back. And... It was amazing, and I, I ran a search for it on Google uh, last night, and I was really shocked to see it was on Prime Video. So I was like, oh, hell yeah, perfect. We'll watch it there. Oh, that's good. That's great. All right, Dan. All right, mine's a creepy, weird, the weird one of the weirdest things I've ever seen at Fantastic Fest, which is saying something. Um, it's a Spanish, it's in Spanish. It's an Argentine film called Murder Me Monster. And I saw this back in 2018. Weren't a lot of people in the theater, but at one point we all just started looking around like, what the hell are we watching? It's on Vimeo right now. It is um, about some murders. Rural Spanish town. There's murders going on. 
everyone's headless. And so these detectives are trying to figure out what's going on. Every single time somebody dies, there's a man who's just like naked nearby and a bunch of dead women who are naked nearby. It's so weird. He starts blaming it on a monster. And if you think you know where this is going, you have no idea. Because when they reveal the monster in this movie, I texted Brian so quickly (laughs) about how graphic and sexualized this monster was it was one of the most disturbing things i've ever seen on a movie screen but i laughed so hard and everyone around me laughed but it's just a strange monster movie worth it for when you get to that final battle with the monster to see how weird some things can be excellent excellent i like i like i remember i remember this murder be monster fantastic fest making an appearance all right uh Wade, why about Murder Me Monster? Because it's like I know how weird Fantastic Fest can get, and then to say this is weird on top of that, it's like, oh man, what are we? What am I in for? I can't wait to see that one too. I'm going to find that and get it in my queue. Um, since we were talking about music and vinyl and stuff, these are less kind of weird, strange movies, but great movies that I think people should see. I touched on the Rocco DeLuca album earlier. Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland actually produced an album or, or, or a documentary about that band called I Trust You to Kill Me. Uh, Rocco DeLuca and the Burden kind of concert album or concert uh, documentary thing about them trying to get big. So definitely check that one out. That's my bonus pick. But um, there's an awesome documentary called 20 Feet from Stardom that is about the background singers of some amazing tracks and amazing artists where um, Darlene Love and uh, Mary's in there and all, all sorts of awesome, awesome talent, amazingly good music and cool, cool stories about like these folks that were as if not more talented than the folks that they were working with. But for some reason, you know, you know, and it's got the Rolling Stones, Sting, Stevie Wonder. It's got amazing folks in there talking about like the background singers in these movies too. So definitely check out, if you haven't seen 20 Feet from Stardom, it's a really fun, great pick that uh, I would encourage you to see. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. I like that doc. And I remember the, the girl, the woman who was featured in that doc, she was one of the backup and uh, singers for Michael Jackson's This Is It tour before he died. And so, yes, I do like that. Uh, so my pick, I'm, I'm sticking in line with the Justice League uh, classic rewind section of Justice League. So I've got to mention this movie that came out um in the year in the year 2000 um (laughs) this movie was directed by craig mazin who went on after this movie to uh write scary movie three scary movie four hangover part two and three um and even created the hit hbo show chernobyl recently um but that movie is called the specials the Specials is a superhero movie um, that was written by James Gunn, and it has an all-star cast uh, led by Thomas Hayden Church, Paget Brewster, James Gunn himself, Rob Lowe, Kelly Caulfield, 
Sean Gunn, Judy Greer, and Jordan Ladd, and of course, Jamie Kennedy, uh, <laughs> along with a couple other people, including Melissa Joan Hart. But it's about the fifth or sixth best superhero team in the world. And there is no action sequences in the movie. It's just them bitching at each other, trying to get along. And then like the kind of like big story arc is that the specials are finally getting their first toy line debut action figures. And it just goes horribly wrong. So, and it's super goddamn funny (laughs) on all accounts. And this is one of the movies that I watched in college with Wade and the specials. If you can find it, it was just released on Blu-ray like a few months ago. But the specials, it is so great. Uh, what wait, a great no, what a great pick! It's like that was a fun movie, and it's fun memories of watching that one. It was like there, there was a couple movies that came out in a similar time zone as that that had kind of a similar vibe. Like, well, it's so funny because it would be it would be so well received today, you know, because of all the superhero films that are so popular. So that's an awesome pick. That's a really good one. Yeah. And like I said, there's no action sequences at all in the movie. It's just like really great, dry, adult, vulgar rated R humor. And like an example of that is there is a superhero named Mr. Smart and he's the world's smartest man. So he invents this like nose apparatus that he can smell anything and he it enhances his sense of smell to superhuman levels his super intelligence allows him to create technology that enhances his other senses and this was enhancing his sense of smell yes and so and he like quote yeah he, he bursts in the room and he goes i have to get this thing off the world is covered in urine and he like wipes his fingers on a table and lets everybody smell his fingers it's really great <laughs> he's so upset the world is covered in urine yeah oh it's so good it, please i highly recommend this movie it's like a must see and it is so damn funny uh yeah and a great cast so every day baby when the sun go down i get with my friends and i begin to clown i don't care what the people are thinking i ain't drunk i'm just drinking oh yes we're back at it with another cocktail segment we love doing these cocktails we we are not professionals, are we? Not in the least. It's like I barely understand how to make a drink. In fact, you know, we're going to have, you know, I, I normally just pour a glass of liquor and then just drink that. So the fact that we're going to add some things to it, it's very exciting. We're going to all learn something. We are all going to learn something. So last week, you know, for the Valentine's week, we did the apricot Toblerone cocktail. But this week is something different. Wade came up with this amazing idea for a drink that we're going to make for you on this video. So like and subscribe to this Brian Kluger YouTube video channel. Uh, Tell us what you like. Tell us what drinks you want us to make in the future. But yes, Wade, what drink are we making? Well, it was one of those where I wanted to try and pick a drink that didn't have like shaved Toblerone in it. It was a more accessible sort of alcohol, but yet still felt like something a little bit classier than normal. So what I proposed for this time around, how about we make a Cuban martini? A Cuban martini, like Cuban beet? 
just you and me. <laughs> just getting funky with it, right? We got to keep it all, like get that flair going, keep it all kind of. I feel like out. dancing yeah. to Cuban music. Absolutely. And so, so, I, so beforehand, the the martini. I, I mean, I enjoy martinis, but it's usually not the drink I order out or make even though i like them you know it's more tequila or or just straight shooter drink so being in the mixologist uh on this show is going to be super fun for me well and it's one of those i found this on the internet right and i thought it was kind of interesting but yet had accessible ingredients for everybody but keeping in mind here that i'm already taking i've never tried this recipe yet have you tried it no i've never tried this so just keeping in mind, I'm taking this whole thing with a grain of salt. We're already starting off on a weird footing here that the measurements were listed on the, on the, on the recipe in tablespoons, which in my knowledge is not how you typically measure <laughs> for bar drinks and cocktails. So instead of using the tablespoons, tablespoons measurements, we're going to try just try to say parts, but normally these go in ounces or milliliters, but... <laughs> Whatever, we're going to make it work. Yes, we are going to make it work. Uh, so are you, I can't, are I can't you ready wait. to get started? No, I'm definitely ready to get started. All right. So now, one, there, this is going to be four equal parts, okay? So you want to, So it doesn't really matter about the measurement per se here, but I think that going about a, half an, a three-quarter ounce is probably good for a measurement here. Um, but what we're going to do, is you got you got your bottles ready? I do. They're yeah, all right here. Already? I'm okay. very so excited about this. First. Huh? No, please go ahead. No, no, I'm very excited about this. I got them all lined up here, and I get to I, I got like my little cup here, which is not a martini glass, but it's the closest thing I have to one. Here, just so you know, I got us covered here. Perfect, nice perfect, perfect. Martini glass for us. All right. So first things first. Do you have like normally? We can get into a whole discussion at a later date about shaken versus stirred. They call that this recipe should be shaken, which is not how I understand the rules of cocktail making to be. But that being said, we're going to shake the hell out of it anyway. Main reason that you get concerned about shaking, you want shaking on like drinks with fruit juices and and other things because it aerates it, it dilutes it. Um, You don't typically have, if you just have like booze, in a cocktail like a martini that's why you tend to stir it so when james bond says shake and not stirred he's actually asking the bartender to break the rules if you yeah i like that yeah so let's go ahead and start then so first we're going to take one part of amaretto you got some amaretto handy bam amaretto (laughs) all right well you really went all out there okay so let's do what do you got like a three-quarter ounce you got what do you you have like a shot glass or a measuring tool or something that's 50 mil right there that's 50 mil okay so uh do i need a do i need a an ounce let me get my shot glass real quick you need something to make sure that you can have equal pours it doesn't have to be like what a shot glass or a jigger or anything like that just whatever you have that you can make sure that whatever you pour into this thing you can do the same exact measurement for each one. Okay, so let me get a shot glass a real shot quick. Glass. I got my my little skull, uh, my little skull shot glass. Dangerous, dangerous. dangerous. Right. So I'm opening up the amaretto. I'm opening up the amaretto. Now pour in a good amount into the shot glass. It can be three quarter full to about that looks to be about an ounce of a shot glass. 
the key here isn't to be precise necessarily. It's just to remember, I would do, yeah, just pour it to a level where you're going to remember that level and you can do all the other ones the same. Okay, so halfway up the eyes, halfway up the eyes. I would eyes. go right to above the eyes, actually. That makes it a little bit easier to measure in my mind. If you just go to the eyes. There we there go. go. Perfect. Excellent. Now let's pour that in. Next, do you have... Yeah, you get your shaker there. Do you got some ice in there? I got some ice in there. You Beautiful. can see. Beautiful. All right. Love it. Now, then, let's see. <laughs> Do you have some Malibu rum there? So oh, Malibu rum, rum coconut oh. style. So this is a coconut flavored rum. It's borderline of liqueur. I'm sure everybody's had Malibu at one point or another, but if you haven't yet, it's it smells like summer in a bottle. I put the lime in the coconut. Yeah. All right. So how do I feel? How where do I stick this? You want to go? You want? You, I'll tell you where you straight where you can stick it. You want to pour in there all the way to the same level. So we did right above the eyes. So let's try that one more time. Right above the eyes there. Ooh, there we go. Right above the Beautiful. eye line. Let's and we pour this in. in. We pour this yes. in. Yes. Okay. Hell yeah. We're, we're making it now. We're making and it. So do, do you have some vanilla flavored vodka there? I do. Courtesy of Vail. Vail. Vanilla not flavored sponsored. vodka. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. It even has a recipe on the back. Vanilla martini. So this is oh. the one I used. And so if you don't have vanilla vodka at home, you could do some vodka with a little bit of vanilla extract, but be very, very gentle with that vanilla extract because it'll overpower you really, really quick. Yeah. But let's do up to the eyeballs. Up to the eyeballs with the vanilla. I mean, it smells like vanilla. It smells like freshly baked cookies. Why don't we bake with this? there's There's a good, there is times where you can bake with vodka. There's a very specific, because it has an evaporation point that's quite uh, lower than water, but you want to be careful because it could easily dry out your cookies if you don't know what you're doing. So it's one of those, you got to be mindful with that. And then finally, we got four ingredients. The fourth one here is, do you have any like coffee flavored liqueur? Uh, yes, courtesy of Kahlua. Kahlua is a great one. So Kahlua is actually rum liqueur and coffee liqueur. The one that I mentioned on the last one that I'll mention again here, Mr. Black, it is my go-to for it. And it's actually a uh, grain distilled with uh, artisanal small batch coffee out of Australia. So Mr. Mr. Black is what I'm going to use here, but Kahlua, an an excellent rum-based coffee liqueur. It's also great. So I'm excited. I haven't had Kahlua in a while. Well, and the Kahlua, the coffee is where I'm guessing they're getting the Cuban part of the Cuban martini from because, you know, Cuban coffee, they they have their coffee really, really strong there and stuff like that. So I think that that's kind of where the the essence of this comes from. Cool. So how, how, what, how do I do this? How much? Odo, did I lose you? I'm gonna go. Okay, there you are. Say say that no, again. I got you. Okay, so how how, yeah. how do I do this? We're gonna go coffee. We're gonna go with the coffee liqueur, same equal parts, so all the way up to the eyeballs. Oh, that's the dark liquid, darkness. Yes. Oh shit. Yeah, be careful there. Pour that in there. 
Now, what I did was, you know, I, I love to make batch <laughs> cocktails too. So what you can do is put four equal parts into just, a, uh, I have a mason jar just kind of filled where I already filled it all up that way. Oh, so nice. You could actually do double, triple the amount, fill up the jar and then shake it up. Shake it up. And then you can just pour out one glass at a time into your shaker so that you can actually make a whole batch in front of you and then just pour it out one at a time when you pour it into the shaker. So that's a little pro tip. So we're going to go ahead and throw it in the shaker. Got it. It looks like a Diet Coke. You can see the condensation already on this cold You're a... yeah, yeah, that's great. Okay, so what, what's the top on that one look like? Oh, awesome. Okay, you got a traditional one. I got a Boston shaker here, as nice. you can see. And so but go ahead and pop it on there with the Boston shaker or this one. What's cool about it is you want to make sure you got the condensation going. As you shake it, it's actually going to tighten the seal because the, as, the, as the air cools in here, it'll actually create a vacuum and suck it up. Shake it vigorously, all right? We're going to get this thing nice and aerated and diluted, okay? So let's shake her up. Shake it up, 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 shake it up. Oh, it's cold. It's cold as shit. Oh, my God, that's freezing. All right. It was so cold. <laughs> oh, yeah. That means it's going to be good. I have here what they call a Hawthorne strainer. Ooh. You pour that, and then here it actually... I'm going to do a full closed gate for all you liquor nerds out there. Man, that looks so tasty. It looks like liquid caramel. Yeah. All right, let's see if mine looks just as good. I think yours looks great. Excellent. Excellent. So you see, I got a little bit more vigorous shake on mine. That's why it looks a little more aerated than yours. Yes. Right? It was too cold. Finally, I need a glove. Or a little garnish. I'm going to drop in a few coffee beans. I heard you had something even nicer. Dark chocolate espresso beans. Beautiful. So this is just a garnish? Well, I mean, you can eat them too, but yeah. Oh, shit. Just to make it nice and pretty, fancy. One little bean, two, three, four. Four, excellent. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. Let's do some tasting notes. I'm going to smell it first. Holy it's not as coffee forward as I think. That is tasty and mighty sweet. This might be the sweetest drink I've ever had. It It is sweet. It's not... I expected it to be sweet because, it, you know, all the ingredients are sweetened. But it's not cloying like I thought it would be. It's um, it's. I expected more of a coffee one, but I'm not, I'm fearing more vanilla and amaretto in here. It's bizarrely, yeah, the vanilla and the amaretto play together and come become almost like caramel. Yeah, and so it feels like a caramel macchiato. Yeah, into a cocktail. No, that's good, man. I like that. I mean, this is something that I would absolutely make for my significant other. Yeah. I think that she would be quite happy with this. Oh. Um, I don't know if this is something that I would make regularly. 
for me. Um, I'd probably just lean towards like a black Russian of just skip the vanilla vodka or, or skip the, I would just do coffee, liqueur and, and vodka straight. Yeah. But vanilla coffee and vanilla vodka though. I mean, now that I'm trying this, it's like, that's not too bad. I wonder if I can ground up the co- the dark chocolate coffee grinds and rim the glass with that. You know, you could probably, you could probably do that. I think I would be nervous to do it with just straight coffee grounds because um, I feel like that'd be a little bit too intense and too bitter. Yeah. But I think that if you actually, um, I think if you did chocolate, if you rim the glass in chocolate or some sort of like um, coffee infused sugar, oh, that'd be the way to do it. It's like, if you get some sugar, and then um, either grind up some coffee into it or just put some coffee beans in there and let it sit over time and let the coffee beans and the sugar kind of jam together, like the oil from the coffee, get into the sugar, kind yeah. of create an oleosaccharum out of the coffee beans. Yeah. That might be excellent. Oh. We're going to talk about oleosaccharums and all sorts of other stuff, fun stuff when we get into the tiki drinks for sure down the road. But I like this more than I thought I would. I, so, I did too, because I was like real leery about going into it with like, I don't like sweet drinks, but man, this was really good. This is like a great, I mean, I could drink this during like a hot day or I could drink this like after dinner. I feel like that's exactly where it's at with me. This is an after dinner drink. This is one of those where you have a nice big heavy meal. You're kind of sitting around like a steak dinner sort of thing. Yeah. And you don't want to have like a whiskey. Yeah. Or you want some sort of aperitif kind of sweeter and you don't want to have a dessert after your steak necessarily because you're already full yeah that might be kind of a fun cocktail to kind of cap out the night on i think yeah. that would be excellent for that actually that'd be cool i like it i like it um well yeah, yeah that's our cocktail hour the cuban martini if you try it please be sure to comment here on the video about what you think also be sure to check out our podcast where can they check that out at Podcast, the Multimedia Men Podcast Network on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Stitcher Radio. Check us out, like, and subscribe. Anywhere you get your podcast. It's too legitimate with Brian and Wade on the Multimedia Men Podcast Network. Yes. And cheers, Lachayams and the Strove, to everyone. All right. So now, Brian, one of my favorite fortunes of our time together is where I get to ask a little question. Now you again are the interviewer extraordinaire, the guy that just can put people over the top and knows, you know, you're, you're, you've interviewed some of the most famous people in the world. I mean, a, a list of a list icons, if you will. And we've got to learn so much about awesome people through your interviews but the one thing that I've always been curious about is like, hey, I want to learn more about Brian. What makes Brian tick? You know? And so I really appreciate this little bonus time between us where we can kind of ask some questions and I can get to know you a little bit better along with everybody else. So are you ready? I am super ready. I'm very excited about this. Awesome. So these are totally unrehearsed questions. You don't know what I'm about to ask. I do not. And so last week we kind of talked about, or the last episode, we kind of talked about how your relationship with your parents and how close you are and how, um, how they're kind of a model for a lot of how you live your life. So that's, that was a really good data point for me. Cause I, that is how I know you and how I recognize you too. But now I want to know what's the biggest secret 
that you've ever kept from your parents? The biggest secret that I've ever kept from my parents. Oh my goodness. The biggest secret that I've ever kept from my parents. My parents and I have always had an open kind of relationship. (laughs) No, I agree that you share a lot with them, but there is, there's gotta be something where you're like, Oh, I can't tell them this. Okay. So what comes to mind? um, Well, so, you know, you know, getting in trouble a little bit when I was younger and trying to get away with it, my parents somehow always found out about shit. Like whether it be like another friend's parents call them and tell them what we did, like they would always find out about stuff. But I guess the biggest- What were you trying to sneak? Well, I mean, even when I was like in elementary school, um, my parents, this was like, I mean, this was, you know, 87 or 88 or something like that. And this was right when the the temperature thermometers, like you put under your tongue to take your temperature, when um, the- Those don't ones go that, your, under your tongue. Yeah, so this know. one goes into your ear and it takes your temperature in like a second. Like no, that's were, not where it goes either. Yeah, correct. Everybody so it goes right up the butt. No, no, this is one went in your ear and it was like, you know, it's, it's brand new technology. It was real expensive. And I wanted to bring it to show and tell. And my parents said, no. And so what do I do? I'm like, I'm going to bring this no matter what. So I snuck it in my backpack and I brought it to school and show and tell. It was awesome. A couple of days later, my mom runs into one of the other students, a classmate's mothers at Target, and they're did the talking, and she's like, "I heard that your son Brian brought the coolest thing to to school the other day. <laughs> it was this thermometer." And so, I wasn't with my mom at the time, so my mom came home and she like grilled me about it. She was like, "Hey, you didn't bring that to school." I'm like, "No." <laughs> And it was a whole, like, whole thing. And, oh, yeah, got in trouble. (laughs) Now, did you think that you could have lied your way out of it? No, no, not at all. Because nobody... did you just start crying and come clean right away? Or did you try and get out of it? No, I I think I said, like, in my inner real small child mind, I was like, yes, I brought it. I was like, I'm just, I was real excited about it. You know, (laughs) I was honest. (laughs) So you were, you were trying to validate it and justify it. Yeah, I defied you, but it's because it was really cool. Right, right. So um, so there, there was stuff like that that happened. They, everybody found it. That my parents always knew about stuff. So I guess the thing they never found out about, um, and I've never, uh, I mean, it's still a secret, still never told. And I, I don't think they'd listen to this. Um, but Probably. I mean, it's, it's been so long, but um, they were out of town one year and it must have been 17 or 18. It was, I think it was before college and they went out of town uh, without me. So I got to stay home alone and I threw a party. I threw a very large party at my parents' house. We had strippers there and escorts. We, oh, I mean... Oh, yeah. 17 or 18 man like what's a thing uh it uh, and the people were throwing up in the backyard there was the hot tub it i mean way more people went there that should have been you know and what the hell did 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 a 17 year old brian kluger have access to strippers and and we looked him up in the yellow pages when that was a thing there were escort ads 
in the yellow pages and we would call and just like, Hey, we're having a party here. We'd like a couple of girls to show up. We got a couple hundred bucks. This is what happened. And like people slept over in every room. So, and, and so I got to say, how my people? Friend, it must've been like 60 or 70. Wow. And it, I mean, <laughs> thinking about it now, it's really funny, but like, but I have to say my friends were super amazing. Like nothing went broken. They, no, you know, nobody was drawn on the walls or anything, but like. Somebody didn't a, steal a Fabergé egg. Yeah, no, nothing like that happened. And so I remember that night, you know, cleaning up a little bit after like, you know, after four or five in the morning, going to sleep and then waking up the next day and just spending by myself cleaning like hours, cleaning up everything, all the, like the red plastic cups. We went through like six garbage bags of trash. Like it was a thing and they never found out about it. Nobody ever knew. And I don't know why the cops never showed up or anything. Cause the, the stereo was going, people were outside. It was a thing. So I guess that has to be the secret. So this is like the most epic high school party just so happened to be your high school party. Yeah, yeah. So like 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 what they put in like super bad or some of those movies about like the big party of the year that you actually did it. I did do that. We didn't have a pool but we had a hot tub but people were in and out. We had the 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 girls there and like it, it was a thing and so much alcohol jello shots and back then we were drinking like fuzzy navels and wine coolers or everywhere i'm so disappointed in you <laughs> i mean i always had my bottle of johnny walker because i would always you know like have a little sip of johnny walker from my dad's stash and then like pour yeah, water in it or something like that but um, but yeah, well, that, I, that's probably the biggest secret because I mean, they pretty much know everything else. Well, I mean, they can never find out about this. No, they cannot. <laughs> so everybody, everybody listening right now, you have to promise that you'll never, ever tell Brian's parents about this. Yeah, please definitely don't. don't <laughs> definitely don't tweet at them or, or but like, but you know, my parents, right? Like, do you think if they came home, they would have joined the party or they would have been mad? <laughs> Look, I, your parents are super cool, but if you're talking about having a stripper hot tub party at your house for a bunch of 17-year-olds and they walk into the fucking place, are they going to be cool with it? No. Who would be? You can't be. I mean, you're a grown-ass man now, right? Could you imagine walking into into a building with 60, 17-year-olds and a bunch of strippers? You'd be like, what the hell? No, get everybody get out of here. I don't want to get arrested. Yeah, that's that's probably the secret because they really know everything else. My parents and I are pretty open about all sorts of stuff. So <laughs> that's one thing I well, never this told is them. New to me, I had no idea. Yeah, that, that I happened. had no idea about the story too. That's awesome. But yeah, that's that's what You're it was. A real jive turkey. But jive turkey. That's awesome. <laughs> good. That's good. That's, that was that was a much better answer than what I anticipated. It was going to be something about how you just snuck an ice cream bar or some bullshit. The, the <laughs> fact that you just had this crazy super bad party is fun. That's yeah, it's pretty fun. So yeah, that happened. That um, that kind of wraps up our second episode of Two Legitimate. Um, this was they, awesome. This was awesome. The the Snyder had cut. Some the great. I, Dan and Adrian, thank you guys so much for joining us on this show. I mean, it made it so much fun. 
it was one of those where we clearly needed to bring in some heavy hitters. And, 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 and so I'm sure your back is sore from carrying this show, but I want to thank you both so much. Thanks for having th- us. Yeah, thanks for the invite, guys. Uh, I'll come back anytime. Uh, yeah, keep me on your roster. I'll be around. Oh, you don't you 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 be worried about that offer because we're going to need some heavy lifting. This this shit show that it's like the two is really standing for number two because it's a shit show. Two <laughs> And so, uh, Adrian, in your in the the sexiest man on Twitch's voice, please tell everybody where they can find you. Uh yeah, you can find me on Twitch. I stream usually three times a week over at the Crow Show, uh, and it's spelled a T H E C R O S H O W. There's a lot of confusion with the Crow part, and. Uh, that's actually an abbreviation of my favorite Magic the Gathering uh, dragon, Croesus the Perjurer. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I carried that from when I was a little kid to uh, to my nice. gaming handle. So nice. uh, And uh, I'm also the Crow Show on Twitter and uh, also Adrian Charlie uh, uh, on Twitter. So look me up there. Nice. And I believe we had we just lost uh, Dan uh moran uh he just texted me and said his internet went out but uh you can find i I believe he knows how to make a proper exit it's like fuck you guys yeah the irish goodbye um the so you can find dan on instagram dan moran dan j moran 29 or you can find him on boomstick comics where he's writing all the great reviews including his excellent recaps of every episode of wandavision uh pretty great stuff and then um Wade, Wade, where on you porn can everybody find you? You know, it's one of those where somebody was asking me the other day where, um, because in, their, in our first episode, you referenced how I did the hot nut challenge. And we have a video of that somewhere. I've never seen a video. And my thought is that you probably made that, edited it together, and then put it on some sort of fetish site <laughs> that I just can't seem to find. And so go on porn hub and find me eating hot nuts and getting all hot and bothered by it. i no in all seriousness i you know go to boomstick comics check out everybody else the crow show c-r-o-s-h-o-w it's awesome go check out dan and brian on their podcast it's amazing um and i'm just i'm just happy to be in the in the room yes he is he's he's in the room uh I'm Brian Kluger, of course. Find me at High Def Digest, writing about Blu-rays and 4Ks and High Def Equipment, Boomstick Comics, Screen Rant, and this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're out there. Please like and subscribe. Um, We're on YouTube. Uh, Just type in Brian Kluger. You'll find all the great videos. Um, We love you, and we'll be back for Two Legitimate Episode 3 very shortly. Stay safe, everybody. Love you. Take care.